Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Welcome to Morning Shot and time now for some deep conversations with Ryan and Iman. And we are talking about deep tech startups and the journey from lab to market is often a difficult one for them. Perhaps one that many call high risk, high returns. Yes, and that's because deep tech startups are usually spin-offs from universities and they take an opposite approach from most conventional startups which usually identify pre-existing market problems before crafting solutions to tackle them. And even if a deep tech venture manages to identify a real-world problem that its IP can solve, taking these novel technologies from lab to market requires substantial capital. That's right. But guess what? The Nanyang Technological University has successfully incubated 70 such deep tech spin-offs with a combined value of over $820 million in less than a decade. Mm-hmm. Well, for more insights, we're joined by Professor Louis Fee, Dean of NTU's College of Engineering and Vice President for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Good morning, Louis. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. And we're also joined by Inesio Asial, founder and CEO of DotBio, one of NTU's deep tech spin-offs. Good morning, Inesio. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me here. Right, great having you guys on. And we're going to start with you first, Louis. First off, could you help us understand what deep tech spin-offs really are? And of course, what deep tech is and how university researchers are working together with innovators to identify what ideas could actually be strong enough to commercialize. Well, well, Ryan, uh, deep tech, as the name suggests, um, it, it, there's a lot of science and technology behind. So there, there's the outcome of uh, many years of uh, research and development in our labs in NTU. So researchers, they, they usually think that their inventions are the best thing after sliced bread and that uh, their inventions would sell like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this is far from the truth. So a lot of work that goes uh, behind a successful uh, product. You know? First of all, we have to look at the IP, the intellectual property. Uh, is the idea well protected or does the idea infringe on other people's ideas? Uh, what is the competition? Is there a similar product in the market? And then we have to look at uh, resources to develop a better prototype. In Singapore, uh, the good thing is there are many proof of concept, proof of value grants that are available to help the researchers build a a more credible uh, prototype. And then comes the business part. We we need to do market surveys to ensure there is a demand and the market is sizable. And throughout this journey, uh, we we have in NTU in-house venture builders. And these are experienced people from the industry with very good experience uh, building up companies and, and the products. And these people would mentor uh, these budding entrepreneurs. And together with the alumni, faculty, and researchers who have experience in spin-offs, they would also chip in to help. Once all these boxes are are checked, then a new company is is then incorporated. And of course, the next thing is to raise capital from uh, the the VCs, angels, and university itself may, may also invest and take equity in the new company. All right, Lewis, thanks for that. A lot goes behind deep tech startups. Ignacio, I want to come to you specifically about DotBio and an efficient technology that DotBio has developed that can create next generation antibody therapies and test them in a short time. Interested to know here how much of that came from the college researchers and how much of the initial idea did you have to refine before commercializing it? So the idea, the main technology came from my time at NTU during my PhD work. And uh, we basically found, uh, developed a technology that was useful for 
many things, but among those things was antibody development. And so we specifically designed better antibodies that are modular, that allow us to make this complex antibodies more rapidly. And that part was under the university. So the core technology came from there. We did the IP protection through uh, Intuitive, uh, the commercialization arm of NTU. And we found partners from there. And then uh, basically when we spun out as a company, then the main uh, goal was to validate the technology further along uh, to the standards we're requiring the industry, build a team, find the partners, find investors. So that's that's the, the mix between the two. So the technology came from the university, but mm. from there, finding the right market fit and the right customers was the work of the company and validating the technology further. Yeah, Ignacio, it's not enough just to have a good idea. It's also down to the execution, right? And this ranges from building the factories, getting the right hardware in place, buying all your highly refined equipment, obtaining the regulatory approvals. The list goes on. Give us an idea. How challenging is it for a deep tech venture like yours um, to operate and, of course, go up against the big boys? Yes, it's extremely challenging. Uh, obviously, there is a lot of competition, but one must understand that it's an ecosystem where the big players also benefit from the startups and vice versa. So the big players are really good at the later stage of development. They have the resources to push ahead molecules to the clinic, for example, and then treatment patients and commercialize that. But the startups, they are nimble. They have their latest technologies. They're able to adapt rapidly. And so that partnership with the startups and the big pharma helps to accelerate the development of new pharmaceuticals. So it's not really a competition, it's working together to our strengths. Lewis, I want to come back to you. Now, we know that scalability is a big factor when it comes to understanding the commercial success of an idea or a product. Uh, and deep tech companies are usually built around innovations that are tested primarily, firstly, in a lab. Early results often don't provide a guarantee for scalability and success because the results are derived in a controlled environment. So what's the challenge when it comes to attracting investors? Well, uh, Imad, it is true that uh, good ideas are hatched in, in a lab. Mm. Uh, so to, to attract investors, researchers must quickly develop what we call a minimum viable product, MVP. Uh, this is a more developed prototype that is used to validate customers' needs and demands prior to developing a fully featured product. Now, the MVP could be tested in a more real setting. The, the NTU campus is what we call a smart campus. It is used to test our MVPs beyond the lab. A good example would be our work in autonomous vehicles. Uh, they are tested on the roads within the NTU campus. And once we are able to demonstrate certain level of scalability, uh, we would attract investors' uh, attention. Of course, working with the correct investors uh, is also important. Deep tech usually takes a long time to incubate before the product hits uh, the market. So if the investor is looking for a return of investment in a couple of months, you know, like, like what you expect in an app-based product, then mm. uh, it'll probably not be a good collaboration from the start. So looking for a, a, the correct type of uh, investors is very important. Yeah, a lot of uh, what's called patient capital is important for deep tech. We're in conversation with Professor Louis Fee. He is the Dean of NTU's College of Engineering and Vice President for, for Innovation Entrepreneurship, as well as Inesio Asiel, founder and CEO of DotBio, one of NTU's deep tech spin-offs. So let's go back to you, Inacio. You've gotten a certain level of success. Are there areas that you're now planning on developing further to ensure the longevity of your deep tech venture? Yes, it has been a, a very fruitful learning experience for us, you know, from going from being academics 
to then thinking about commercialization, how to convey the stories we have behind the company and what we're planning to do, communicate with different stakeholders. So we managed to raise about $10 million USD to date. We've closed three partnerships with pharma. We're very excited. Our first molecule that we partnered with a pharma company is moving towards the clinic. So that gave us a lot of confidence to move forward. So uh, there's a lot of areas where we're expanding now. So from one side, scaling further the business, meaning that we can generate more therapies faster and then looking for more partners and now starting to think of our own internal pipeline as well and finding the right partners to push those molecules further. So we're obviously from Singapore, we expand into the world. I'm currently in San Francisco now in a business conference. So, you know, trying to reach out as many partners as possible and bring the technology to patients as soon as possible. So that's the goal for the next two, three years. And and we have big ambitions and, and big dreams to make this happen. All right, Lewis, we've thus far discussed the granular details of deep tech, the process from lab to market. But I want to take a, a bigger picture of view here. Why are spinoffs from local research important for the deep tech landscape in Singapore? Well, my personal opinion is that as a country, Singapore is, is good very good, in fact, in attracting the big boys to set to set up shop here. But, you know, when the going gets tough, uh, I suppose these big MNCs would leave our shores to return to their country of origin. I think we need to grow our very own made-in-Singapore deep tech companies for our country to be more self-reliant. You know, for example, at its peak, Nokia created thousands of jobs for Finland, single-handedly raised its GDP. Well, we are still looking for our very own Apple or Google. But realistically speaking, half an Apple or quarter of an Apple would still do mm. wonders for our economy. Mm. So I think universities like NTU, NUS, uh, we will continue to do our part to churn out more spin-offs in, in the deep tech area. All right, just jumping on that, we are aware that NTU has injected a lot of effort to nurture innovation, to accelerate research, commercialization, as well as to groom an entrepreneurial spirit among its students. Which part of the equation do you think is the most challenging? Uh, Our deep tech startup ecosystem is improving. The government, research institutes, IHLs are generally supportive of such startups and spin-offs. If you talk about experiential learning, I see a lot more hackathons, fireside chats, innovation and entrepreneurial competitions as compared to, say, 10 years ago. But I think Singaporeans are still a little risk-averse. The job market is good. Standard of living is great. Uh, We want more hungry people, people who are willing to take a little bit more risk and take the road less traveled, people who are proud to share about their failures and wear them like battle scars. I don't think we are short of good science and technology. Just just look at the world rankings of uh, NTU and NUS. Uh, we are doing well. Um, but we are short of people who have you know, a strong desire to make the difference. And I'm talking about the young people. Uh, they have the most energy. They are most in tune with the latest technologies. And they are at the face of life with the least opportunity cost. I hope to see more people like Inacio here uh, who would make change for our future and make them better. All right. Deep potential for our deep tech ventures. Mm-hmm. We've been chatting with Professor Louis Fee. He's the Dean of NTU's College for Engineering and Vice President for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, as well as Inacio Asial, founder and CEO of DotBio, one of NTU's deep tech spin-offs. Thank you so much for your time today, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you. you, everybody. Much right. appreciated. It's been great having you guys on. Well, stay Money FM 89.3.
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.